Hey, everybody. Welcome to another Playful Humans podcast. I'm your host, Mike Montague, and my guest this week is an entrepreneur coach. His name is Alex Sorensen, and you can find him at easierhabits.com, which uh, sounds great because I feel like being playful, you need some easy habits. Everybody's trying the hard habits like uh, losing weight, Alex, or, you know, working out and stuff. I feel like let's make some easy habits. Let's uh, have more game nights. Let's uh, eat more delicious food, play more games. How's that sound? That sounds great. Uh, and I think even the quote unquote productive habits, if you pick the right one, it can be easier. Um, you're just picking the wrong habit. It's not you, it's the habit. So I'll get out. Here we go. Don't wait for You can find Playful Humans at PlayfulHumans.com. Take our personality quiz there and find out which playful personality you have at PlayfulHumans.com slash quiz. And we like to start with the joke of the week. It is brought to you by Patience. Patience is what you have when there are too many witnesses. Patience. Uh, What did the left eye say to the right eye, Alec? I don't know. Between you and me, something smells around here. All right, that's not a bad one. Uh, I'll take that and call it a win. So let's uh, let's start with your story a little bit here, Alec, because um, I feel like it's not unusual. Almost everybody we have on the the podcast goes through some sort of transformation, uh, life change moment. Some people we interview are lucky. They just play from the time they were <laughs> kids all the way through and they, they got straight into, you know, what their passion and calling was. I wasn't that lucky. And uh, I, from what I know of your story, you weren't either. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Sure. I mean, I've always been a geek. I've always made time for playing, but uh, the easier habits part, like that whole epiphany did come out of a little bit of a struggle. Um, My version of play often is exploring new things. My wife wanted to move to Japan for a while. And so we lived there for a year and a half. I'm like, why not just take a break and and, uh, try something new. She was running a school up there. I had been an engineer and I took a break. And uh, what I found when we, you know, traveled up the mountain to this very remote town, like year round population, less than 100 uh, in the you know dead of winter, January, lots of blizzards, um, not a lot of places to go. Uh, we got into our small, cold, like, you know, drafty apartment. Japanese people do not believe in central heating or quite as much insulation as we do. Um, and so we got there and we're like, fine, we'll, we'll cover up with the blankets. But the other thing that I had not been prepared for for, uh, in addition to like living in the middle of nowhere in this kind of cold blizzardy town, feels like Alaska to me, um, was that I was horribly allergic to our apartment because Japan is more humid. There's more mold there. Um, so what, yeah. So what I found really right off the bat, uh, was that especially in some rooms, my throat would close up. So I'd barely be able to breathe. I'd be gasping. (sighs) Like I roll out of bed, 6 a.m. to get the kids or 4 a.m. probably because jet lag um, and, you know, play with the kids a little bit. And like, I'm just lying there gasping and they're kind of like poking me like, dad, are you okay? Are you okay? Um, I get some medicine for it, but uh, I realize like if I want to live any with any quality of life here, I need to figure out how to beat allergies. And I always thought like, that's just genetic. There's nothing you can do about it. 
So I dived into the research and actually discovered there are a lot of things you can do about it. All sorts of things from drinking more water, brushing your teeth more, which I hadn't realized was a thing. Um, and another one of the suggestions was yoga. So I just tried out like everything all at once. I wore a face mask for a whole a uh, month or two and everyone thought I was like terminally ill or something because in Japan you only wear those when you're sick. Um, but I was trying to see if that would filter out the allergens. Um, yeah, tried a whole bunch of things and eventually found out that even like five to 10 minutes of yoga a day would give me hours of not being allergic. And so I had my whole life, I beat myself up. They're like, I'm not a, the kind of person that can have a routine or keep habits. I don't have the discipline. But when you actually have a habit that has a positive impact in your life. It's not just something you feel you should do. Like then not only is it fun to do when you're doing it, but you miss it when you don't, you feel the difference. Right. And so when you've been like flogging yourself that you don't have the right habits or you can't keep a habit, it's probably just because it's something you feel like you should do, but you're not seeing a benefit. And your brain is trying to help you by saying like, don't do this, save your energy, like do something more worthwhile. Well, I love that message, uh, really. Uh, and I think the allergies is interesting, too. I had really bad allergies to cats and uh, mold and hay fever and stuff when I was a kid. And now I don't take anything almost all year round. Mm -hmm. Every once in a while, I'll, I'll have to take something. But uh, my wife made it clear she had two cats when we met that it was at some point the the cats were not leaving so i could choose to live somewhere else or i could figure out how to live with the cats and uh, nice. and we did that too so uh, uh i think that's that part is interesting about the human body but i'm more interested in um the habit part because i've kind of found that too there's such a uh i think misconception in the culture and i'd love to hear your take on it especially with entrepreneurs because in startup world it's like the grind and the hustle and everybody's mm -hmm. like trying too hard and if you don't scale you're not winning and nobody ever says like hey a four million dollar business is more money than you're gonna need why don't you just stay at four million and enjoy your life uh or you know um that maybe if you worked 40 hours and you didn't kill yourself you'd come up with a better idea to solve that problem than if you work 80 hours you know like you said flogging yourself trying to to bust through this plateau i think there is a time and a place for hard work but usually uh, for me, anyway, that effort comes when, like you already said, too, I'm passionate about something mm -hmm. that when I'm, uh, you know, outside playing soccer with my nieces and nephews or uh, at the pool or the beach, I don't have to work very hard to expend a lot of energy and to do a lot of physical labor. But, you know, if it's something I don't want to do, like raking leaves or something else, that it, that it takes, you know, twice as much, sometimes 10 times as much energy. Can you tell us more about that? Absolutely. There's a number of things you touched on. I mean, one is like the killing yourself to try and get results, right? I, I was just looking at Ryan Holiday's feed and he was saying uh, on, on Twitter, um, you know, your secret to success, go the F to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> right. So go. a lot of times in trying to push too hard, we actually make ourselves less productive. Um, and, and the root of that is that actually very often we don't even know what productive means or what success means for us. Going back to your 4 million quote, like people are chasing more money. People like growth, like growth does help bring happiness very often, like the process, not the yeah. achievement of a goal, particularly. But if you don't know what that means for you, you tend to put yourself on these brutal treadmills um, because it's never enough. If you don't know what your actual target is, you might've blown past it. That's actually something some of my clients say is like um, sometimes like 
they'll say they alternated between weeks where they felt like they weren't productive because they weren't doing anything and they're procrastinating. But one of the things they realize when we start working and like drawing out, like, what are your long-term goals? What are your weekly goals? They'll realize like, actually I am achieving something. And I probably was before. I just didn't realize it because I never specified what I was trying to do. So it never felt like enough. Um, so there's a lot of psychology there, but in terms of like finding your passion, um, one of my go-to steps to like get past a break, um, rather than just grinding harder is like, all right, what would it look like if I did this for something I enjoyed? So I had a, a client, for example, who had a discord community for like a technical group. And I wanted to learn more about that. And I could, you know, watch videos about that or like study that read books or whatever. I could, I could make this like school homework. And that would be really boring, even though I kind of like school, but, but still, mm. um, but you know, the other thing I could do, I'm a huge, uh, RPG nerd you can see like my Dungeons and Dragons books up there. Um, I'm like, I could start a discord server dedicated to having like one shot games every other Friday in Dungeons and Dragons or lesser known RPGs. Um, and that would be fun. And so I did that. I like, I went on Reddit or Facebook groups, like advertise my group, build my discord group, made tons of mistakes, but that's kind of the, the exact idea I learned by like, oh, um, most people online are consumers. So if I just advertise a to the general public, what I'm going to get is a lot of people lurking and not very many people running games. Like I have to be much more specific, right? And it would be would have been much better for me to build a community of 10 very active people first and then invite other people in uh, once I know we had like a regular rotation running games, then, you know, just ad advertise to like the general uh, populace. And this is like something, you know, I've heard this like and I've read this in books tons of times like that, you know, start with your super fans and all of that. Like it's 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 not, you know, it's not all it's not new information. Right. But people don't need yeah. information. They need practice. And play, not just for humans, but for all sorts of animals, is actually how you get in the practice. Yeah, there's some crazy science around that, that it takes like 400 repetitions to learn something if you're trying really hard at it. But it mm -hmm. only takes like 30 repetitions if you're playing at, at it. So if you're teaching the yeah. same skill through a, a game and all kinds of cool videos on, on YouTube and stuff, even Mark Rober, the uh, uh, science guy, uh, mm -hmm. physics guy on YouTube, he has an awesome like TED talk that he did that um, showed using uh, Super Mario Brothers here in, in my background that like you could program people to hit a whole bunch of buttons in an exact sequence that they could <laughs> never do if it was work yep. by setting it up a, as a game. And I think that part's really interesting, but going back to our, our theme of our conversation here, I'm a marketing guy and I found that to be so true about what you said with the, um, the raving fans and the audiences, you can try really hard on social media to get a million followers, but the people mm -hmm. who have a million didn't start by trying to do that. They started with something really specific for people that they like, or something that even they liked themselves and they didn't know there was an audience for, and they were having so much fun with it. Then it happened to scale, but anybody that plans to go mass media usually doesn't work out because you're not hitting any chords with anybody to get traction and on social media. And also I think in life, it's the engagement that matters, not the, mm -hmm. not the audience or what you're trying to do or the, the number of people you can interrupt and blast a message to it's the number of people that are paying attention 
to that yep. message that matters. Yeah. Well, and Seth Godin had an interesting TED talk way back in the day that it's not essentially not about the first person who starts a movement. It's about the second person who joins them, who, who yeah, shows other people that this is a cause worth joining that actually really makes a movement. So that's kind of to your point. Um, and I had that experience myself. I'm still going through that as a coach. There's a lot of Uh, traditional coach marketing. And when I first got on, you know, I was bombarded with message from other coaches, like, this is how you build a six figure uh, business in a month with, you know, with this one crazy secret. And, you know, I talked to some of these people who some of them, there's even like tons of like coaches of coaches, which sometimes makes it feel a little too like multi-level for me. But uh, (laughs) one was trying to recruit me and, and, you know, gave me kind of that message. And I'm like, oh, so you had someone who had those results. Is that typical? After that, just silence. And so, like, I could spend all my time trying to replicate, you know, the messaging of this person who's not even getting those results. Um, so I'm like, no, no, I need to figure well, there's out. There's a lot ways. of that, but also if they're right. teaching that, there's a thousand other people with that same message, which yes. means you're not unique. And so they could pick mm-hmm. anybody. And when you right. get in, I feel like your playful personality, when you get into who you authentically are, when you're doing something weird and unusual, that's when people pay attention. That's when people are like, whoa, what's that? I've never seen that before. And you have a better chance of, you know, whether that's going viral, attracting your first client or, or any other yep. good things that you want to do in, in business. Yeah. It's really interesting. Lean into what you want to do. So my first coaching client um, actually came as a referral from someone when I was, uh, before I'd made the transition, I wanted to like test out like, all right, I have a background in instructional design, uh, but does that translate to coaching and do I enjoy coaching? And so I was testing that out just by like volunteering, like, hey, anyone want help with their goals on Facebook, just like friends, family, um, and found some people that would benefit from the coaching and had some great conversations. I enjoyed it immensely. And then out of that, you know, came actually my first couple of referrals. So, uh, you know, that was so much more powerful than like trying to ape somebody else's marketing language online. Yeah, I, I want to get back to your sweet spot topic there too with easier habits and, and yep. goal setting because I have a um, uh, a long history of personally because I've been in kind of the self improvement training mm-hmm. business a long time too instructional design uh, as well but it. Um, for me, I really nerded out on like uh, Charles Duhigg, The Power mm-hmm. of Habit and and all of the other uh, stuff, you know, uh, Tim Ferriss and everything. And I was yep. optimizing even essentialism and, and minimalism stuff. Uh, Essentialist by uh, Essentialism by Greg McCown is an awesome book. But I kind of found that like even then I was trying too hard to measure things and set goals mm-hmm. and optimize my day that it kind of sucked the fun out of it. So my question <laughs> for you is I'm still struggling with the balance. Like I had a uh, amazing day on Sunday. I hosted four game shows for people. Uh, so I made money. I had a ton of fun. All the groups were, were great. And then we had a, uh, a company party to go to in the afternoon and it was a blast. We went to this axe throwing place and uh, my wife and I had a great time. We, there was a ton of fun and laughs. You know, when you when that axe hits like the wall hard and just bounces back, you feel like <laughs> such an idiot. But then when it like sticks in a bullseye, you feel like so great. It was an amazing roller coaster of experience. But after like 12 hours of 
play, I was exhausted. And there's no way I could do that every single day. I didn't, I skipped mm-hmm. lunch because I was working through lunch and all mm-hmm. kinds of things that weren't great either. So I feel like people can go overboard either working too hard or playing too hard and they have a really hard time finding a balance. Is there such a thing? Do you think that's possible? Or I already love what you said that, you know, sometimes it's that challenge, it's that goal or that growth that makes it more interesting, not the balance. Well, so this is from Jonathan Haidt's um, book, The Happiness Hypothesis, where he, he talks about the happiness you get from a goal is like relief from taking off a big, heavy backpack. Right. You feel it for a moment, but pretty soon you're back adjusted to not having it. And that's the new normal. And what you really want is regular growth. Uh, And that's hard. It's hard for uh, someone like me, for example, like I am definitely uh, converted to habits. But at the same time, I am not someone who loves routine. And a lot of creative people are, are people who don't love routine for its own sake. And so um, there may be habits that you just need that your day doesn't work uh, without. So if I don't do this weird Wim Hof breathing, this is actually like the evolution of my yoga. Like Wim Hof breathing for me, biologically, the perfect habit where uh, it kind of kicks my allergies. And also like that midday slump where like I'm tending to fall asleep around like one or two o'clock actually doesn't occur. Like it gets rid of that for me. Um, and so like that is something I, I do need every day. And I still skip it sometimes, but I notice it enough to like, it, it's, not, it's not willpower that brings me back to it. It's the fact that like, oh, I will feel so much better today. Um, but there's other things like my exercise is often like a placeholder. And I, I rotate out like Tai Chi, jogging, jumping rope. I went swimming yesterday because I hadn't done that enough. Right. So I have this quote, quote unquote routine or habit of exercise. And it's different, you know, week to week or sometimes if I just really need a break. Uh, you know, day to day. So, uh, so that you can kind of schedule time to do something different, which is helpful. Uh, Sometimes if you get to that time and it is, and you're a very spontaneous person, you probably won't have time filling it. People who are less spontaneous, like might have to like plan out different object or like different, uh, different topics or different activities for each day. Right. Uh, But, but there's a balance there. And then, you know, I talk to people, for example, who say, if I'm not working hard enough to have like a couple burnout days a month, I'm not trying hard enough. And they've just accepted that. Like they budget in their time. Like maybe I don't know exactly when, but I'm going to have at least two days where I'm just going to crash. And maybe I'm watching YouTube and like eating potato chips all day or something, you know, Uh, you can, you can make time for that. If that's how you work, it just, what I'm a big fan of is knowing who you are and working with that rather than guilting yourself. Right. Yeah. Just, okay. If, if your natural rhythm is doing too much and, and Sunday was awesome, but you couldn't keep that up every day. Well then make a schedule where you do that some days and other days you don't. And, and that's, yeah, that's just I think as fine. That's, um, that, that's, I, I think the hard part, because uh, I love what you said too. I think it's okay to, uh, take days off. I hate that. Like no days off, uh, culture and stuff like, like, that's just a really, mm-hmm. you know, easy way to burn yourself out and not have any fun. I, I, I think it should be all days off. Uh, but even <laughs> that doesn't work very well either because, uh, I hate the quote that, um, 
you know, if you find what you love, you'll never work another day in your life. I think you still have to pay taxes. There's still days you don't feel like it yep. and you got to do it anyway. And I think those are the decisions where you mentioned, you know, the magic word willpower, where it gets sticky is sometimes it is in our best interest to use a little willpower and go to the gym because we feel mm-hmm. better when we come out of the, the gym. But other days, if we're, you know, I don't know, trying to make a bunch of phone calls and we just don't have it and we're, we're not in the right space or, or mindset or, um, you know, it depends on the personality, but it's a bunch of detailed work, right? And it's mm-hmm. time to file your taxes, but you're exhausted from uh, doing game shows and axe throwing for a day. That's probably not the best time to sit down and do three hours of uh, of taxes and force yourself to do it either. Yeah. So how do, how do you feel? Do you have any recommendations of how we choose that or how we know when to listen to our body and when maybe, you know, if we only eat junk food, that's not going to be great for us either. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Uh, well, and I was exaggerating a little bit on that. Like actually the person I'm talking about is a little bit type A and like, I think she might have cut out carbs completely. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. um, like, um, but there are things that she does enjoy eating. She knows what those are. So uh, in terms of like that balance, I think one of the major things you should realize is that willpower is a, a temporary fix, right? Uh, it, it can burn out. I have actually back there, one of those orange books up on myself is the willpower instinct. And it's a book I like a lot, uh, partially because it talks about how like shaming yourself for not having enough willpower is counterproductive and how it's a muscle and like you can exercise it to get it stronger, but also it still needs rest sometimes. So those are all like areas where it's like, I think we overdo that. I think sometimes we feel like if something is good and we don't want to do it and it requires willpower, we just need to use willpower every day. And that's setting yourself up to fail eventually. And, and then like, that's just because it's not you, that's how human biology works. You're setting yourself up to work against human biology um, because the reason you need willpower is because you don't find it rewarding. Um, and so there are different ways to take this, right? You need something rewarding in your day. It doesn't have to be every activity and there is some grind to everything. So like part of that balance there is finding a mix. So making sure that if you're planning your taxes, maybe you're planning something else that is more rewarding that day. Um, maybe it's alternating days. Uh, maybe it's planning downtime again. I think that's another thing. I, if, if left to my own devices, I'll be really honest, I will fill my head constantly with like YouTube or articles or books or like other people's voices all day, every day. And that takes a toll, even if it's play uh, or work, right? Uh, not having the space to think your own thoughts is not healthy. It doesn't allow your brain to kind of process some of the things that are going on and rest, right? It's constantly in gathering information mode. So, I mean, I think you know, that's the balance there where you're looking at, you know, work activities, you're looking at play activities. You're successful if you can convert some of those work activities into play activities. But, you know, the other thing you don't want to forget are the rests that that feeds into both of those. Yeah, I, uh, I second all of that. And we must just be very similar because I'm the same way I can watch YouTube, uh, listen to podcasts or uh, read, you know, self-help books all day long. And uh, it makes me feel good, but it can get into like uh, an unhealthy place. I I would say where you're not feeling like you're good enough where you are, if you're constantly Mm -hmm. trying to improve and and stuff. So definitely the pause and the recreation letting go of some of that helps a lot. Uh, There was one uh, good book too. I read uh, willpower doesn't work by uh, Ben Hardy is a great uh, 
great book. So uh, Ben Hardy is a great, great follow for anybody as well. Um, I wanted to ask you more about the play and the fun stuff, though. So we've we've talked about a lot of the the hard stuff. Uh, you mentioned if you can take some work and turn it into play, I think that's great. Mm-hmm. If you can take some play and turn it into work, that works too. But if you take all of your play and <laughs> turn that into work and try yeah. and monetize it, then you don't have anything left for yourself. That's really just mm-hmm. truly recreation. It doesn't matter. You're not getting paid to do it. It's just yeah. for you and, and for fun. So I'm interested to know how you balance that personally. What do you do? That's just for you. You're not trying to monetize. It's just fun. I see the guitar behind you. Yep. Um, uh, what, that or, or what else in your world is just play? Yeah, that guitar is a good example just because, I mean, it's something I wanted to learn for fun so I could play a few of my favorite songs in college. Uh, It kind of became like in my angst outlet in college. So like all the angsty songs from the 90s and early 2000s that I grew up with. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I definitely grew up with a lot of very depressing rock. So uh, that's what I naturally gravitate towards. But yeah, if if I had to get good at that. And if I had to do that to get paid, that would drive me nuts, right? So that was that's one of those things. Um, you know, I have my Dungeons and Dragons books up there. Um, I, I, I don't really need to be paid for that. I think there are projects like I do kind of for work where like, if I want to learn a business skill, I'll translate it into role-playing games because it feels more like a, a game. Um, and so I wouldn't necessarily be opposed to doing that, but I wouldn't translate all of that to... Um, you know, to work, for example, you, I would reserve a part for myself. But one thing that was interesting apropos of that, like just that exact point, one of the biggest names in Dungeons and Dragons is Critical Role, a group of voice actors that, that, you know, videotape themselves playing. And, you know, if you actually listen to Matt Mercer and some of his interviews, he mentions like someday it would be nice to take back our personal game because this was originally a bunch of friends who were just playing. And now it's become like a multi-million dollar business and, you know, good for them and they enjoy it. They're not ungrateful for that. But at the same time, like just like you said, um, there was an aspect I think they lost having it just between themselves and just for themselves. And so, you know, whatever that is on your own or with a group of friends, um, put that into your schedule. And so, you know, I, I have a bi-weekly or semi-weekly, whatever, every other week, uh, D- Dungeons and Dragons group, which is one of those things that like, all right, I can just do that just for fun. I can just kick back. Yeah, that's uh, that's awesome. I think that's really great advice for everybody listening there is if you could take a piece of it, like you said, if there's a, a piece of software or some creative writing that you can, after you're done with it, sell mm-hmm. and make a little bit of money or something, or it makes sense to practice a business skill, then that's cool. If not, um, just do it for you. And uh, I think even if I was giving advice to those guys, I would be, I would start a second game. <laughs> uh, you yep. know, we got one game for them and one game that we're just playing for ourselves yep. and and find a different group because yeah, I, I found that a lot too. And the stuff that I've done from uh, radio to game shows and, mm-hmm. and other training is it, it's really fun to do when you want to do it. And it's really not fun to do when you're <laughs> getting paid to do it and you don't want, yep. uh, don't want to be doing it that day. Um, anything else you would recommend on how we reignite play or creativity when we get off track and we're feeling like we're burnout or we're feeling like we've lost a habit that we wanted because I think, you know, to tie it back to your, um, easy habits and easyhabits.com, uh, easierhabits.com. Sorry. Um, 
sometimes I feel like I lose even habits that I enjoyed or routines or, um, you know, especially with the pandemic things shift and just, they fall off and maybe sometimes it's for natural reasons, but other times you're like, man, I used to really love doing that. And for some reason I'm not doing it anymore. What would you recommend? Well, let's get more specific. All right. You said there are habits like that for you with the pandemic. What habits? Um, we like we had a um, regular friends night and I'm also kind of at that age where our friends all had kids and stuff, yeah. too. So like they had soccer games on the weekend. So we can't have our normal like, you know, yeah. couples date night kind of thing on the weekends or anymore. And they just kind of something like that falls off. Like, hey, we used to mm-hmm. love going out and doing karaoke uh, and stuff. And then it's like we got either to an age or a time where karaoke nights just didn't happen. Yeah. I mean, that sounds a little bit like a scheduling conflict. And and that is one of the things that as you grow and change, your so does your schedule, so does the schedule schedule of your friends or coworkers or whatnot. So um that is a process. I mean, that's one of the reasons why actually I have a job as a coach, is I can help people with habits, but then their life will change. They will either need new habits or figure out how to adapt the old ones they wanted to that. Um, and so really what that is. I think you're describing is is when you get out of touch with a habit, chances in your chances are you're not checking in with yourself about what you really want to do, um, and that happens naturally. Again, like I am the the enemy of like don't don't blame yourself. This is not about you're a bad person or you're lazy. It's like that naturally. That's what happens is you lose habits as your schedule change because it doesn't work out, um, and the cues you had before you know, it's Saturday, let's hang out with these people or, you know, whatever, Friday night, let's do karaoke. Um, Since you can't do that anymore, you don't have cue, you don't have habit. Like again, just biologically, the habit falls apart. It's not on you. Um, But, you know, then you, if if that is something you miss, you have to figure out what that looks like in your new schedule. And so that's the process of like checking in however often you want to do it. I find like a weekly check-in for me, for example, of like, uh, you know, what did I enjoy this week? What, what was like pulling teeth? What did I learn? Like just bullet points again, like often if I have to write a journal or think too deep, I won't do it. It's too much work. Don't want to do it. Uh, I'll be lazy. But if I check in weekly with that, I'll catch, I'll catch some of those things and figure out an alternative, uh, strategy. So, uh, my example. Let me ask you one more then. This will be our last question because I think this is right up your alley and mine is uh, I just bought a new bicycle and I used to love riding bikes as a kid. Part of it was the the social aspects with my brother and our Mm -hmm. our friends and stuff. But um, I also had kind of experimented with it last year and stuff and had a a ton of fun renting a bike and Mm -hmm. uh, just getting out there. But I bought the new bicycle. I got all the bells and whistles, like totally did it up. So it'd be fun and enjoyable and got everything I needed. And the first day I went out uh, was Saturday. And this was right before my big, you know, busy day. And I was like, all right, don't kill yourself. It's uh, it's the first ride. And I totally blew it. One of my earbuds fell out. So I like, I ended up doubling back like a, a couple, a mile or two and uh, did, did not realize how big the hills were between me and where I wanted to go. The, the park, <laughs> Uh, for fun. And so I was just like super sore the next day. So Monday I said, I'm just going to get on the bike and go as far as I can go just for fun. I'm going to stay next to the the Creek. So it's all flat and uh, not going to try anything hard just so I can keep that routine up. But then the cold front comes through and other stuff. And I feel like this is a new habit that would be fun for me and playful. I definitely want to 
ride the bike, what recommendations in this to make a, a fun, easy habit? I mean, you identified it right there in, in the overdoing. And a lot of people do that. Um, they do it in two situations, right? They do it when they're trying something new and they're overambitious, right? They want to be like an expert right away. So they dive in and do too much. And, you know, so they get sore or uh, they get tired out or it's not sustainable, right? It doesn't become a habit. It's really hard to start an hour a day habit. That's, you know, that's a heavy lift. Uh, if you're not used to that, it is fairly easy to start a 10 to 15 minute a day habit. And so one of those is just starting smaller. Um, and the other situation in which people tend to overdo it is if it's something they've done before, but they haven't done for a while, right? We, we remember what we used to do and we want to start back in at That's the same the scale, right? And so just as you identified, like, all right, don't overdo it. Take it a little bit at a time. Um, and so if you commit to 10 to 15 minutes, Sometimes it depends on the person. Like if they're constantly overdoing it, I might just say like, actually commit to only doing 10 to 15 minutes and do that regularly rather than going for the hour or two hours, like once a month. But, um, but for some, for other people who um, maybe haven't gotten into it before, it's not a habit they're likely to find as addictive or whatever they're trying, they're trying productivity habits or other, other habits. Um, and they're worried that they're not going to do enough. I'll say like commit to at least 10 to 15 minutes and allow yourself to do more only if you want to, and allow yourself to quit that habit if it, you're not seeing the results. So, um, kind of depends, but, but yeah, just like limitations there, we don't like to limit ourselves, but they are so often helpful. And that that's one of the keys to an easier habit actually is just keeping it a smaller habit, at least at start. And you can scale that uh, up. I like that. Yeah. That, that's really good advice for a whole bunch of stuff is, uh, Rather than using your willpower on starting, use your willpower on finishing um, mm -hmm. would probably make things uh, a lot easier. Uh, I like that. Um, all right. Uh, it's time to play a game. Are you ready to play? Yes. Yes, I'm ready to play. You got awkward questions. Awkward questions is uh, one of my favorites. And uh, I got a couple of good ones for you here. Uh, what would you rather rid the world of lawyers or cigarettes? My dad is a lawyer, so that makes this one <laughs> somewhat easier. I do actually happen to like my dad, so I will say cigarettes. <laughs> the profession of law, uh, not oh, okay. the people. Harder, harder, harder. Than <laughs> I'll stand like by my. Uh, all right. Uh, if you consumed too much alcohol, would you be more likely to uh, dance with a lampshade on your head or start a fight? Ooh. Um, I took dance in high school, so um, I would have to say probably the dance with a landscape on my head. <laughs> all right, good. These are weird ones today. Yeah. Um, all right. Which would embarrass you more belching while being interviewed on a local television newscast or losing losing your bathing suit at a, a small local pool? Mm, so we're, we're talking about we're, we're trying to balance here the amount of embarrassment versus the amount of exposure. Yes. Um, I mean, I could simulate that first one right now by trying to belch. <laughs> Let me see if I can pull off. <laughs> oh, on command. <laughs> uh, trying, trying. Who knows how successful? Um, wow. Ultimately, not that embarrassing. I feel like the bathing suit one would be more embarrassing for me. 
Uh, I feel I, I, I agree with you on all of those. I, I think, yeah, uh, belching. I've been on enough microphones that there are just, you know, parts of the human body. That's a natural thing. You know, it, it's <laughs> awkward, but you can laugh at it. Um, and then the uh, other one. Yeah, it feels like more uh, exposure. Uh, that's uh, not you know, natural in our, <laughs> our world today. Uh, but you successfully answered all three, which means you win and uh, a free 30 second commercial here for you. Any asks or <laughs> gives for our audience? How can we help you or, or you help us? I mean, my first ask is if you don't think you're good at habits, um, shotgun it, make a list of 10 things you might enjoy. Give yourself permission to try them all and quit them if they don't work for you. I mean, that's that's just like my main message, you know, make big changes one small habit at a time is my main thing. Uh, if you're interested in learning out, you know, learning more or learning, for example, how you can harness the power of good habits in your business, then go ahead on over to easierhabits.com. That is it. Alec Sorensen. You can find him at easierhabits.com. As he just mentioned, if you want to find more on Playful Humans, please subscribe to this podcast wherever you are hearing or watching it right now and share the episode with somebody else that you think needs to hear it. That would help us out uh, a ton. There are other cool things at the website too. You can take a playfulness quiz. You can check out some of our uh, tutorials and other advice for finding more play or rediscovering the power of play for adults at playfulhumans.com. Uh, until next time, if you can't be good, be good at it. That's what I always say. <laughs> Thanks, Mike.